Curtis, I know you're hurting after Flacco the Owl died on Friday. The morning crew, the Sid and Friends and the morning crew, they talked about it this morning. You may not be so happy with how they reacted. Enough with the owl. I mean, please, I'm begging you. Joe Flacco the owl or something. Why is this owl so famous? Flacco the owl. Yeah. Remembering Flacco the <laughs> owl <laughs> in life and death. And they're showing pictures of the owl scratching his ass. Talking about the owl. Well, now what? Now what? What, what does the owls do now without Flacco? <laughs> without Flacco. What do they do? Where do they go? Do you think we have a geography problem with the buildings of the city and the birds can go up and down? I mean, we're going to talk about that in the next segment. It's just so stupid. Remembering Flacco the owl. Flacco the owl. So if you missed it. Flacco. <laughs> 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 you know? <laughs> What a shanda, what would he scratch the other? They laugh like hyenas, like jackals. Tomorrow, 7.05, when I'm on every Monday through Friday. Watch. I'm going to bring it. You saw me the other day. Right out there, you saw how I went crazy. Everybody ran away here at WABC. Watch. I'm going to be breaking wild, and then Sid's going to be stuck in the studio with me with nowhere to surrender, nowhere to retreat. This is not Joe Flacco, the washed-up quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. This is Flacco, an iconic figure. My wife is crying, Nancy. She's sitting shiver eight days. She's out in Central Park right now with tens of thousands of people who are sitting in a memorial that is being conducted for maybe the most popular owl that has ever lived, Flacco, the Eurasian owl who brought so much joy. Was I mean, it was an added light to a city that's in despair, right? Flacco. And look at them laughing like jackals and hyenas. Well, I mean, maybe they're just kind of, you know, they're down. They're feeling a little bummed after Flacco, you know, headed to the big coop in the sky, and, and they figured, you know, maybe just kind of laugh about it a little bit, a little levity. Hey, hillbilly. Owls don't stay in coops. Oh, okay. He was sprung from the Central Park Zoo. He was free for a year. He flew. And by the way, every building that he perched on, whether it was the roof or the fire escape, the superintendents of the building said, once he perched there, no rats, no mice. Because they're natural predators, owls are, of rats and mice. You hear that, Eric Adams? It's probably your stupid pesticides that took his life. Oh, he's all of a sudden, after a year, going to fly right into a building. Well, maybe he ingested all these pesticides that are out there that the rats are immune to because they become super rats. He ingests it, and then it throws off his global positioning system. He crashes into the building, if you even want to believe that. Well, we I mean, don't, Nancy and I, we don't believe that. But we've heard about that with birds, right? With the glass, all these big glass yes, high rises, yes. they, they get thrown off by that. They, yeah, but no, no, no. Flacco for a year didn't get thrown off. Owls are the smartest birds of the many birds out there. No, 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 no. This is the result of all those damn pesticides that don't even end up killing the rats or the mice. Oh, let's spend millions of dollars with Dow Chemical. What kind of kick, get, kickbacks are you getting from Dow Chemical? And they do nothing. There's 8% more rats now. Feral cats outside, owls, and you'll keep the rat problem at bay. And while we mourn the loss of Flacco, they're laughing and having a party. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have a party on them. I'm going to lock the doors tomorrow morning, 
Uh, wrong way, Lou Rafino ain't getting out. Justin Ellick ain't getting out. And Sid Rosenberg, you want to see Curtis Sleeper go wild? You've seen it here. Who, who's laughed? Do Don't think? give me the who. No, <laughs> I didn't mean it like You're that. You making a joke? <laughs> whose laugh do you think was most intense? Justin Ellick. Okay, I, I... I could detect that laugh because he's an <laughs> eagle, right? Crash, you, Eagles, crash. But you'd think the Eurasian Eagle Owl, he would be more on, you know, sympathetic. There with was an eagle who got killed on the West Side Highway. Now he's added insult to injury. Oh, yeah, the eagle got killed on the West Side Highway. A hit-and-run accident where the driver didn't even stop. The symbol of America, an eagle. Is, is there an all-points bulletin? Is there an attempt to find this driver who killed an eagle? No. Because... You get laughers here. By the way, uh, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, uh, mayor of the illegal aliens, attempted to get some kickbacks. At 10.30 this morning, he was going to go down where he always goes, Bowling Green, to raise a flag of a foreign country he can't even find on the map. And on his schedule, it was the Serbian flag. Serbians who love Putin, who love Russia. But they got Bitcoin, they got cryptocurrency, they got blockchain. That's one of the centers of it. So Eric Adams was going to go down there and get himself some of that crime coin, Bitcoin, from Serbians. And then all of a sudden he canceled it. So now give me the battle cry of Eric Adams, which is always. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. So we had a cancer getting Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, blockchain from the Serbians. Lovers of Milosevic, the butcher of the Balkans. This guy, I mean, look, he took Turkish money, right? Erdogan, right? All the Jews. Oh, he loves Israel. He loves Israel. He loves Erdogan. He loves the money from Turkey. Where Remember Erdogan after October 7th? What did he say about Hamas? Oh, they're freedom fighters. They're martyrs. And Eric Adams said, well... I won't pay attention to that. Just give me the money. Give me Turkish money. Money, 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 money. But maybe Adams is mourning the loss of Flacco. No, he hasn't said anything. Has he tweeted? Has he sent out anything? Is the mayor of the city with the most famous bird maybe ever, Flacco. Okay, I'll fix all you guys. You, you got that smirk on your face, right? I heard you put that word who in there, and you accentuated it, you hillbilly. I'll fix all of you. It's the last thing I do. You're going to make my wife Nancy cry even more. No, you're not. You guys ain't getting away with this. Who? Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. This is the Riffin' Read, featuring Curtis Lewa. Now, to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Riffin' Read.
great song by the Eagles, all about Arizona. All eyes are on Arizona today in Maricopa County, where the rough and tough prosecutor Rachel Mitchell will not surrender, will not retreat, will not extradite that monster known as Rahad Al-Mansuri, age 26, who, if you remember, uh, actually went online and hired a female prostitute escort to join him at Soho 54 Hotel in Manhattan on February 7th and bludgeoned her and bloodied her and violently killed her. In fact, there was so much so much blood on his clothes, drenched, that he changed into the victim's light-colored tights uh, in order to avoid detection. You've seen the videos on television. You've seen the look of this monster. He gets on a plane on February 12th, and he takes a flight to Phoenix. And he goes on a criminal binge. On that very day, he carjacks a woman in Phoenix, stabs her before making off with her car. Then the following day, he's in a Mickey D's McDonald's. He terrorizes a female McDonald's employee corners her in the bathroom stall, points a gun at her, and stabs her when she screamed. And then eventually 5-0, the police who don't play in Arizona. Plus, they have um, volunteers. They call them the posse, Maricopa County Posse. Uh, uh, We're able to surround this guy, take him down, and he will appear in court today for the first hearing of many hearings because the... The prosecutor of Maricopa County, Rachel Mitchell, will not allow him to be extradited back to Manhattan, to the Manhattan District Attorney's uh, Office of Alvin Bragg. This is what she had to say. Having observed the treatment of violent criminals by the Manhattan DA there, Alvin Bragg, I think it's safer to keep him here and keep him in custody. She was absolutely correct. She got backlash from Alvin Bragg and our elected Democratic officials in New York who said, you can't do that. There's extradition between all 50 states. You can't decide who you're going to send back and who you're going to keep. You know, it was just a couple of weeks ago that uh, some of the illegal immigrants that were in New York City who beat up on police officers were let go. They were flipping the camera off as they walked out of jail. And guess where they ended up? Four of them ended up in Maricopa County, and they had to be taken into custody here. That was great. We thought they had fled, remember, Justin Ellick to California. We thought they had fled to El Cajon, which is right near the San Ysidro Canyon entranceway into Mexico and Tijuana. But they actually took it into Maricopa County tried to blend into the south side of Phoenix where there are lots of illegal aliens of all types, mostly Latinos and Latinas, and figured that they would avoid being on the radar screen. But great law enforcement work in Maricopa County. They grabbed these four guys. Now, remember, that was the first attack, the first attack on a Saturday night outside of the New Amsterdam Theater on 42nd and 7th, the most heavily trafficked section of New York City, the gateway to Times Square in the world. And you remember seeing the video where these Venezuelan thugs with their gang tattoos gave a beatdown to a lieutenant and a police officer of the NYPD. They're still looking for, I think, seven of them. Seven of them. 
Never mind what just happened before the weekend with 24 of these guys were running up and down 42nd Street because they own it. We house them there. We feed them. We enable them there. They're walking around with knives. They stabbed this Nicaraguan migrant over and over, almost killed them. And now we're looking for eight of them. It's like they rule 42nd Street Times Square. You say to yourself, you think maybe you can put metal detectors into these hotels that we're paying $400 a night to house them in? You think you could wand them? You think you could search their rooms? You think you could treat them like you treat normal Americans who are housed in shelters in New York City who must be in by 10 o'clock, must go through a metal detector, must be patted down, must be wanded, must show that they don't have drugs or drug paraphernalia or booze, and who have their rooms tossed once a week? for all kinds of illegal articles. Oh, no, but they're, they're, yo, they're untouchables. They're the Venezuelans. Remember, they have special status. How dare we expect them to obey our laws? You know, the one thing, Justin, this proves to me is that the Venezuelans who are here, who can barely speak English, they read very well because the signs in Times Square are saying it's a gun-free zone. And other than that 15-year-old, remember, who was shoplifting, who walked into that store that used to be the ESPN zone when Rudy was mayor. Remember, everybody went there, right, at 42nd and 7th. It was a great, great uh, four, five stories of all ESPN stuff. It was great. And now it's like a tchotchke store. Remember that 15-year-old baby-faced Venezuelan went in there with a gun tried to shoot the security officer who was trying to stop them and then shot the Brazilian tourists. And then, you know, the rest of the story was on the lamb up to Yonkers and the U.S. Marshal slammed him into the wall, cuffed him. And then he started crying like a little bambino, like a little mama Luke. All Venezuelans, all Venezuelans. And so Alvin Bragg thinks that we're going to trust him to be able to prosecute this murderer who is not a Venezuelan, who apparently uh, Al Mansouri is an American citizen. What did Alvin Bragg have to say that we should trust uh, him, that he should be extradited back and face the music and be charged with murder for the killing of the 38-year-old female escort at the Soho 54 Hotel on February 7th? I've been doing this now for 20 years. I've never seen anything like it, let alone in a murder investigation. County D.A. Mitchell has, I don't know how else to say it, just got it wrong at every single turn. Nope. Nope. You cannot trust Alvin Bragg. Wrong way, Lou Rafino. Let me pay, take you back to 2021. Do you remember the story of the subway dagger man? Of course not. There have been so many crimes on the subways. Crimes are exploding now. So this guy, this deranged guy from California is on the subway. And he had uh, pieces of wood that he had carved into spikes. And he found this woman that was on her way. I just met her on Saturday, her and her son. I'm not going to mention her name. She's still traumatized. I believe she works for the principal's union. Other than that, I'm not going to divulge anything else. He takes the wooden spikes, puts it under her neck, screams at her. Nobody on the train. This is rush hour in the morning. It's like 7 o'clock in the morning. Nobody does anything. They're paralyzed in fear. They're running off the train. He's got the wooden spikes to her neck. Eventually, the police come. They collar him. 
They arrest him. It turns out that he's from California. He's deranged. He's emotionally disturbed. That's 2021. It's 2024 now. The assistant district attorney who's handling the case for Alvin Bragg's office is asking her, instead of us incarcerating him, can you can you submit yourself to restorative justice? Justin and Alec, do you know what restorative justice is? They use it in the public school system. Let's say that you were outside of school and some guys came with a baseball bat and broke your arm because they just didn't like the way you were looking at them, eye-fornicating them, mad-dogging them. They took a baseball bat, broke your arm, right? You're traumatized. You don't know if you want to come back to that school. They're not going to transfer you. You're forced to go back to that school. They're telling you, don't worry. Don't worry. It won't happen again. And then you see that the same kid or kids who attacked you with the Louisville Slugger baseball bat are still in the school. And you go to the dean, you go to the principal, your parents, they're raising the roof like, what gives? How come he wasn't transferred out? How come you didn't send him to a juvie detention facility or to uh, what used to be what we call the 600 schools for the incorrigibles, although they don't have them any longer? No, you have to submit yourself, Justin, to restorative justice. That means they put you in a room with the guy who nearly killed you with the baseball bat, who will apologize to you profusely. You're supposed to shake hands. He's supposed to go on his way, continue his classes. And you know from then on, just like you were laughing at Flacco, you and Wrong Way, Lou Rafino and Sid Rosenberg, they laugh, they laugh at you all day long in school like jackals and hyenas. A little taste of your own medicine. That's what's called restorative justice. The woman said, I do not want to be anywhere near this guy who tried to impale me with the wooden spikes in 2021, the subway dagger man. Look it up, the CBS report. I do not, and one day they're telling me he's taking his medication. He's going to go back to California. They're going to monitor him. Please, please, don't don't force us to prosecute him. Now, this is not legal aid. No, no, no. This is not his uh, private uh, criminal defense attorney. This is the district attorney who's supposed to be prosecuting him to the full extent of the law and trying to get a maximum penalty assigned to him by either a jury or a judge, depending on the nature of the criminal court uh, situation. And instead, they're encouraging restorative justice. Remember this. All the liberals, all the progressives, all the socialists don't want anyone to spend any time in jail, even if they kill, rape, maim, even if they burn your house down, even if they slit your mother's throat in front of you. They believe that that person is salvageable. And then instead of incarceration, instead of a penitentiary, that you should be able to sit with him after a period of time when he's been given medication, when he's been given therapy, when he promises not to do it any longer, and submit yourself to restorative justice and watch how he self-healed himself and how he's a new man, able to go out and shed all of his past like a snake shedding their skin and swearing up and down he'll never do it again. And you know damn well. He is hell-bent on doing it again. He's just buying time before he gets his next victim. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Spice, spice, baby. 
Reach my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a hawk daily and nightly. Oh, everybody has discovered ice. We're not talking uh, ice cubes, ice tray, vanilla ice, um, iced tea. We're not talking any of those ices. We're talking Lemigre Immigration and Naturalization Service. The agency, federal law enforcement agency, started after the attack of 9-11 to keep us safe and secure. And to go after the bad hombres who are coming in illegally and... Even if they came in legally first with a working visa or a tourist visa overstaying for the purpose of doing harm or profiting from criminal or illegal activity. Narco-terrorists, sex traffickers, terrorists, the whole nine yards. The agency responsible for monitoring their traffic is ICE. In every sanctuary city and every self-described sanctuary state in the country, First and foremost, they say they will not ever, ever work with ICE. That, in fact, uh, they believe that ICE are worse than the thugs themselves who are coming from some of these countries with tattoos on their necks, advertising the fact that they're enemies of society, gangbangers, and yet we let them in and roll out the red carpet. Listen to Dominic Carter, who's been on the case of this since day one, like myself railing about how the hell it is that Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, could welcome in some of these thugs who clearly are going to take advantage of our generosity of us, the sucker local taxpayers, and the fact that they're going to go out and commit crime and know there are no consequences for American criminals and especially no consequences for those who have received special status, the Venezuelan illegal aliens. Listen to him wail. Vanilla ice, 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 baby. I love the sound of that. Ice, ice, baby. Send ice up to the shelter at Randall's Island. If it was up to me, shut the entire thing down. You're homeless effective tomorrow. All of you, since you're so anti-police and you've got the answers and you're freeloading, freeloading on the taxpayers of the United States of America. Ice, ice, baby. They'll take care of the problem. So we got it covered. 12 midday in the rip and read. That's my belief. And then 12 midnight at night, Dominic Carter for an hour. It's like we're a tag team on this. It's like we're Siamese twins. Uh, it's like you got ebony and ivory. The rest of the station, yes, but not as vociferously as I've been talking on this issue since August of 2022 when the first buses came from Texas, Governor Abbott. Uh, and obviously, uh, Dominic has been on that ever since. And just remember, well, we have to set the table, reset the table, because through revisionism, Eric Adams and his supporters would like you to believe that he's really opposed to open borders and allowing in uh, illegal aliens, many of them with criminal intent. Remember what he was going to give them from day one and what he has given them? Remember? Let's have immediate translation services to assist that people can have access to the services that are already available. We have to expand uh, NYC care to make sure everyone has health care. We need to make sure we have proper translation services in our schools so that we can start building out the future as well. We are going to fulfill our moral and legal obligation 
to house everyone that enters uh, New York City. Uh, that is what we have done, and that is what we will continue to do. Think of that. That was from day one. Gave, gave them everything. Rolled out the red carpet. Gave How the hell were you going to get them to want to work when we were subsidizing them from day one? And the plan is to subsidize them from the cradle to the grave. And then all of a sudden you had Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb after these Venezuelan thugs on 42nd Street. These gangbangers attacked the two police officers, the lieutenant and the patrolman. And she said, lock them up and deport them. Well, I always warned everybody that once people had rediscovered ICE and rediscovered that we should have been working with ICE, the Immigration and Naturalization Service, the Division of the Customs Department, all along, easier said than done. Justin Ellick, uh, the uh, president of uh, Venezuela, on Thursday, issued an executive order banning uh, all acceptance of deportees from the United States. So even if we wanted to round them up, even if we did illegally, tried them for the crimes committed here in America, they were incarcerated in a penitentiary, federal, state, or city jail, and then turned them over to ICE, and ICE would house them in Elizabeth or Vesey Street downtime and process them for deportation back to Caracas, Maduro will not accept them. The door is shut. You know what that means, ladies and gentlemen? They're here forever. They ain't going nowhere. They're going to get involved in the turnstile justice system in which they become predicate offenders, in which they'll go to jail on occasion, recruit, and become even stronger like MS-13 did. They're not going back. Now, in the interim, we were sending them to Mexico And all they did was do a pivot and shift, turn around, and come back over the border. We've tracked a lot of them. ICE has. But then again, our local law enforcement is not permitted to interact with ICE, to share information with ICE. So it's like all the money that we give to ICE, and they do an excellent job, but our local officials, of whom are protected morning, noon, and night by armed police officers that we pay for, are saying no to ICE. And yes to thugs, this time from Venezuela. I want you to think of that. There is no more deporting of these thugs to Venezuela. Maduro has closed the door. They are here with us for life. And this is Adams, Eric Adams, supposedly Mr. Law and Order. The guy that you thought would do a better job than me, right? Oh, he's a cop for 22 years. A house mouse making excuses for their criminal behavior. But are there some crimes that migrants have committed? Yes, they there are. But remember what I said last week. You place a person in an environment where they can't work, can't provide for themselves. They have to just sit around all day. That's not a good scenario. That's not a good scenario. And that is what we need to focus on. What environment are we creating in these cities? Oh, my God. Did you hear that, Justin? He was justifying the criminal activity. I want you to truncate that a bit, please. Truncate that a bit. You place a person in an environment where they can't work, can't provide for themselves. They have to just sit around all day. That's not a good scenario. That's not a good scenario. And that is what we need to focus on. What environment are we creating in these cities? 
ladies and gentlemen, we have an enabler for mayor. He invited him in. He rolled out the red carpet. He gave them things that even our own homeless, our own emotionally disturbed, our own veterans down on their luck don't get. I was out in the subways this morning coming to sit and friends, as I always do. The, the litany of the number of people sleeping in the trains, it's it's mind-boggling, and they're our own people. They're not the, they're not the migrants. They're not the illegals. you got to trust me on that. Oh, God. You know where he's going to be tonight? You know where, Justin Alec? In my hood, Canarsie. The old Canarsie High School, they got a new name. Ladies and gentlemen, if you live in that immediate area, if you live in Georgetown, Marine Park, Mill Basin, Garrison Beach, Bergen Beach, you got to show up. Doors open at about 530, 1600 Rockaway Parkway. This will be your only opportunity to get at the mayor to ask him why he is destroying your neighborhoods by continuing to put even more illegal aliens, more migrants into Floyd Benefield, a flood zone. And you need to be telling him they're begging in our streets, they're blocking traffic, they're going into our backyards, they're banging on our doors. They're shoplifting at King's Plaza. They become a menace to our quality of life. If you don't go, if you don't drop everything you're doing and go to Canarsie High School tonight, 5.30, queue up. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people there, his sickle fans, toadies, and lackeys, who are going to tell him what a great job he's doing. But he's going to Canarsie, which has the least of the problems from the migrants, because he's trying to shore up his black support, just like he did in Bronzeville when uh, – Nancy, Cole busted him. He had the community meeting on Sutter Sutter Avenue. Remember, Nancy had the exclusive uh, audio. Look at my look at my deputy mayors. First deputy mayor, Sheena Wright. Deputy mayor, stand up, stand up. They need to see you. Deputy mayor, Williams Ison. Deputy mayor, Mira Josie. Deputy mayor, Amazar. Deputy mayor, Maria Torres Springer. Have you ever seen this much chocolate leading the city of New York? And he'll say that in Canarsie, it's predominantly black, West Indian, Caribbean now. Because he wants to shore up his black support. He knows he's going to get challenged for re-election, first from the Dems. And he's got to get 25% of the black vote. And then he's going to act like he's Jesus Christ carrying a cross for all of you. They would tell us what we can't do. They would tie us up. They would talk about things that are not significant. They will make sure you may finish this, but you're going to have some scars on your back. Talking about how he's going through such an ordeal like Jesus Christ during his crucifixion for all of us. Stop helping us, Eric Adams. Stop trying to be there for us because you're not there for us. You're there for the migrants, the illegal aliens, and you're screwing us in the process. Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Classic, Joe Walsh, 
theme song of the cult classic Warriors about gangs and the subways in New York City when the Bronx was burning and the city was falling into the abyss, the late 70s, the very same time that it started the Guardian Angels, 45 years ago. And whenever we talk about subway crime, of which it's almost every day now, I play this song as a reminder because, uh, Noam Layden, you live uh, in Jersey City, up in the Heights, a lot of hipsters and millennials. That's right. Uh, born in Iowa where there are more pigs than people, Idaho where there are more potatoes than people. <laughs> right. They have no idea what this city used to be like. So to watch the Warriors will give them a really good idea. And uh, about a week ago, I brought to everybody's attention on Sid and Friends in the Morning that there was a missing leg that was found up on the number four train, uh, the elevated portion between 167th, 170th, right up from Yankee Stadium. And that they had no idea how a missing leg got up there. Right. Assuming, you know, it's the South Bronx, maybe somebody took a machete, you know, MS-13, <laughs> and just chopped somebody's leg off and left it there as a trophy. Always a possibility, yeah. The MTA was flummoxed, as they typically are, and finally figured out, hey, a bunch of uh, homeless people that are getting injured and getting killed in the tunnels down in the Lower East Side of the subways that join the F train, the D train, the 4, the 5, and the 6 train at Spring Street and Broadway Lafayette. And yet they still, you know, they said, well, the leg didn't have any ID on it. We couldn't ID the leg. Right. What a bunch of schmucks and putts. <laughs> and then what was the excuse? They said snow had covered up the leg for like days. Well, and then that the leg was dragged by subway trains back and forth and somehow made it all the way up to the Bronx. And what did I tell you at that time as news director? What did I say? At that you time? were, uh, you know, I don't like to give you credit, but I have to give you credit here. You were correct. You said that this is probably matched to some homeless person who was hit by a train. And you know what? You were right about that. Because they live in those tunnels. So yesterday, I'm heading down to the annual Chinese Lunar New Year Day Parade uh, to join the Guardian Angels. And I'm on the D train. And right away on the D train, as we're approaching Broadway Lafayette, this train is being held outside of the station. There is a homeless person roaming around the track. <laughs> oh God. This happens every day. Come on. There's about 24 that I know of that actually live in the tunnel. We call them mole people. They're probably more. They've been hit. They've been killed. They live deep within the recesses of uh, the tunnels in the station because they're little portals that they live in hmm. amongst the rats, the mice, the flots, and the jets, and the swill. They're emotionally disturbed, but they're getting hit left and right. So I provided to you exclusive contact, documentary evidence that blew everyone away. Can you describe it and it where is, people can get it? It is spectacular. I'm, I don't want to oversell it, but I'm not overselling it. If you go to WABCRadio.com, the first thing you'll see on the page when you go to WABCRadio.com is this video that our very own Curtis Lee was shot. And it is wild of these homeless people living in the tunnel, doing all kinds of things on the platform. And it doesn't seem like anybody, in terms of the police, the authorities, are paying one bit of attention to what's going on. No. And, in fact, this is a major traffic station right where Greenwich Village ends up meeting Chinatown and Little Italy, a really vibrant part of the city. And they're, they're like zombies in Dawn of the Dead. And if, if you notice, I wasn't yelling at them. I was no. trying to help them. Yeah. 
And I said to one of the dope fiends, because they were shooting up, they were sharing needles. I said, you know, this stuff is going to kill you. Uh, it's, how do you know it's not fentanyl? And what it, the one drug he said. That one guy said, I, I hope it is fentanyl. He wanted fentanyl. People, I've told you, many of you think that people OD on fentanyl simply because it's cut, it cuts heroin. It's used to cut other drugs. That's true sometimes. But you have no idea if you don't have boots on the ground that there are many dope fiends who will go up to their drug dealer of choice and say, I want fentanyl. I want fentanyl because I understand it'll give me a blast of a high. We're going to continue. This is exclusive to WABC. We broke this story. We have figured it out. The MTA is still a dollar short a day late, although they keep they keep taking our money. They want it through congestion pricing. Uh, we have the police uh, chief who's supposed to meet with me, right, Michael Kemper. That's right. At the Second Avenue Deli, which is really on First Avenue. Right, makes no sits sense. Sits doing the shit, Ark. Uh, mm-hmm. I've yet to hear because nobody knows more about the subways than me. You may no. not like, like me, but, boy, I know the subways. Go to WABCRadio.com and see for yourself. Thank you, Noam. Great job. Five o'clock in the morning. That's where we broke this story.